This is your last chance. After this, there's no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Well, at least for a podcast. Welcome to Calm Talk. Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet Geekery. We are approaching collision. Quicks, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Security code accepted. Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode 15 of Calm Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that they are loved. I'm Celeste, and with me is... Dallas! As you listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what we are saying via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us simply by looking up Geek Devotions. Leave some comments and interact with us on our Facebook, our Instagram, and perhaps you can be our Devoted Geek of the Month. And do us a favor, leave a review on iTunes. Well, but today's uh, show, we're going to be talking about The Matrix, starting off in 1999, spanning off with several different things. And uh, before we kick into it, I thought I'd read the IMDb of the original Matrix. Yes. Uh, This is IMDb's description. 1999. Woo, the 90s. All right, ready for this? Yes. It says this. Um, Thomas A. Anderson is a man living two lives. By day, he's an average computer programmer. And by night, a hacker known as Neo. Neo has always questioned his reality, but the truth is far beyond his imagination. Neo finds himself targeted by the police when he is contacted by Morpheus, a legendary computer hacker branded a terrorist by the government. Morpheus awakens Neo to the real world, a ravaged wasteland where most of humanity has been captured by a race of machines that live off the human body heat, off the human's body heat and electrochemical energy, and who imprisons their minds within an artificial reality known as the Matrix. As a rebel Against the machines, Neo must return to the Matrix and confront the agents, super powerful computer programs devoted to snuffing out, I like that word, snuffing out, (laughs) Neo in the entire human rebellion. I feel like snuff should be like one of those words that pops up in a bubble in (laughs) comics, like snuff, someone dies. (laughs) Oh man, alright, so... Um, we're, uh, we got into this, this month, if you might notice on our, our YouTube show, the last several episodes have been about the Matrix. Yes. Um, the one coming up this upcoming Friday will again be another Matrix movie, just because we thought we'd just kind of round everything off. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of started when, um, cause, cause I hadn't seen the entirety, ooh, I hadn't seen the entirety of the series. I had seen the first movie. Much, much, much later in the game than most people. Mm-hmm. Not in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we watched the second movie, and as I was watching the second movie, I came up with a devotion. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we have to do this. And so it just kind of springboarded from there. Right. So, uh, so like I so said, we're going to talk about The Matrix today. So um, we thought off, we started talking about, about 
our earliest impressions of the Matrix. So what were your, like, how were you introduced to the Matrix on the front end? What were your initial thoughts of it? Do you want to know the earliest impressions? <laughs> the earliest impressions. The earliest impressions was in 1999, and I was scared the mess out of me. Because I was at a friend's house, and their parents were watching it. Because right. that's the type of movies that their family watched. Mm-hmm. And... I walk into the room, mm-hmm. and it's the scene where Neo is being ejected from the Matrix. Oh, so yeah. there's this naked man flying through all this slime, and there's these things with tentacles all over the place. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so it took me quite quite a long time to be like, okay, I think I can handle this now. Because initially, I thought it was a scary movie. Right. And so I don't do scary movies because I don't want to be scared. Sure. Well, to be fair, you were like 11. At yeah. That point. Yeah, and and my tolerance for things was much much lower at that point. <laughs> See, for me, my earliest things with the Matrix, I was fifteen at the point at that yeah. time, and for me, <laughs> there's our age difference. Yeah, people. there is <laughs> four years, but no, for me, um, it, this is going to sound absolute kooky because um, I saw the commercials for it and I was like, wait a minute, and um, I saw the movie, and I was like, hold on a second, because. I kid you not, like a year before the movie even came out, I had a dream that was The Matrix. That's fun. Like, it tri- like I remember talking to my friends about it, and I'm like, and um, they came back to me later, and they're like, dude, what if your dream was a warning? <laughs> <laughs> like, for us, like, I remember, like, the dream, like, I was in um, the classroom at, at my school, and, like, I would have my head down in my dream, like, I also panned up to, like, third person. And as it went up, there's no roof. And everyone had, like, this little cable in the back of their head. There were these machines that were controlling us. Oh. <laughs> like, this was my legit dream. And it tripped me out, freaked a mess out of me. I mean, I was like, ah! And so when I saw that the movie had come out, I was like, no. I should have copyrighted no this mess. I'd, be, I'd have so much money right now. I don't think you could have copyrighted at that age. You can copyright at that age. Okay. So, well, <laughs> but, uh, I, un- I understand because I had a similar experience with the Truman Show. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my earliest impressions of the movie. And of course, you know, growing up with it, um, it's one of those things that kind of impacts us as we grow over. Yeah. So if you grew up in that, age, in that era. So that being said, we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about um, things we liked about the movie series. Including the um, the Animatrix, yes, and or the video games. If you play the video games, I haven't seen all of the Animatrix. I know you haven't. And well, I'm uh, telling our listeners, yes. And so we're working on that. I'm telling that for the listeners is like you know they're like why haven't you seen all of it? Because if you remember when uh, last night, Celeste and I were on, um, we were watching the live. Uh, stream of yes. our friend Francisco from Retro Rewind Podcast. And he was playing with the thing that looked like the Cocoa Puffs man. Yes. And he was playing a Dreamcast game called Rayman 2. And um, in it, we mentioned that Celeste had finished watching The Matrix and our all of our friends on there were like, you have to stop this right now and go watch it. <laughs> so there's a lot to the series. Yes. So, but that being said, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like about the series. Yes. And uh, just some of the influences that we've seen in the world and in cinema. So, Celeste, what are some things you liked about the movie series? I liked the overall storyline. I thought it was really well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy the, the thought process that the computers could take over. Because I feel like this is a real thing. I feel like sometimes we're, we play a little too much with machines. Mm-hmm. And, like... AI scare the crap out of me. <laughs> like I, this should not be a thing. The vacuuming robot is as far as I'll let it go. 
And even that's a bit much. So, but at the same time, I've seen other storylines um, where AIs are in the world and it's a completely normal thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's not a, it's not the Matrix at all. It's just a, they coexist. Right. So it's, it's one of those things that the thought of intelligent computers and then computers that think for themselves intrigues me mm-hmm. but at the same time it's it's a little daunting yeah i can definitely definitely see that um for me i, I liked just some of the uh the intricacy of the, uh, the storyline yes. i got a little wonky in a few places but the way that the world expands yeah. with everything they did um if you if you were not aware there was a um in between the first movie and the second movie they came up with what they called the animatrix which was a, a nine-part mini saga of different stories take place in and around the Matrix, and they were all very interesting. And um, but they kind of filled in the gaps in the story to yeah. the point where, um, like, there's a character that everyone refers to as a Kid. In the you see him in the second movie, you see him in the third movie. In the third movie, he's the one that uh, gets in the machine and. Uh, opens up the the gates so that the hammer can come in yeah and um he's also the kid at the very end of the movie that comes up like we won the war and <laughs> you didn't win so, but anyway <laughs> uh well i mean the war was over so war's over but um but yeah so that kid it goes into his backstory in it which is i remember watching it i remember um mtv played these originally yeah. And at the time we had cable, and so I caught this was actually my first one that I saw. Really, the story of the kid, and it popped up saying, you know, the with this warning about, you know, look, you know, what you're about to say, see, um, is suggestive of suicide and everything. If you are struggling with thoughts of depression, please seek help. Gave the number, everything. That's awesome. Um, because it, it was one of those, we were talking about earlier. Trigger yeah. wasn't really a word back then. No, it wasn't. But it but was it one of those things. Definitely could be because, like, I was telling Dallas that if it had not been for the fact of I understood the premise of what was going on beforehand, I would have freaked out mm-hmm. just watching it straight off the cuff. Yeah, like I would have been like, "What the heck is this?" Sure. So, um, that was my first exposure to it. And then I found out there was more to it. And there's a lot of really interesting... Mm-hmm. Of course, what I appreciate about it is the art styles of it. Yeah. And how it fills in. And I then, think my favorite that we've watched so far is the Renaissance. Because it gives the backstory mm. of how it came to be like this. Yeah. So, it's not just a, hey, this is the world. It gives the history. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And expounds on it. You yeah. know, they, um, in the first movie, Morpheus explains that they scorched the sky. He says that that was a line that he said in the first movie talking about why everything in the real world was like cloudy and there's a storm, but he didn't really go into detail about it and explains it all later. Um, I also liked the fact that, um, like I said, everything was just so encompassing. There was a manga, or not manga, it was a comic book that came out also that filled in some backstory. And I, really? haven't, I haven't had a chance to read the, the, the comic book yet. Um, there was a couple of video games, and they had their own thing. Path of Neo was pretty much a straight shot through the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of things. I appreciate the ending because, like, the way that it ends, we're like, you know, this wasn't really a very good video game ending. We know what you guys want. You want a giant robot agent Smith to fight. And so no, that's what no, we up. don't. <laughs> no, we don't. I hated that level. But then you had, um, you had another one called Enter the Matrix, which again was another filler story, mm-hmm. and so I appreciate the the work that went into it the, yeah. to think everything out and in, in certain details. I feel like to an extent that's not done anymore. Like the filler stories, the side stories. Mm-hmm. It's like 
they really don't spur off into other things mm-hmm. except for like fan fiction. Right. But nothing canon. Right. Except for maybe Marvel because Marvel has created such an all-encompassing world. Yeah. Um, and that is the thing. Like Marvel, they put out the, um, you know, they have those shorts yeah. that come out every so to kind of fill in some stories. Like, you know, hey, where's where's Thor during, uh, the, you know, the yeah. Civil War? Well, and like the, the one with Yo-Yo and then mm-hmm. um, even Agent Carter was meant to be a fill-in. Yeah. So... And I think you're right, and I we need. To, I, I feel like that's something the cinema is missing. Yeah, and I remember like this was this was pretty big. I mean, a lot of people were were jumping on. I remember Powerade had a commercial actually, um, and it was Agent Smith talking about the the power and the energy that the body works off of, and then it's a Powerade commercial. Talking about refueling, regenerating your body. I actually, now that you say that, remember that commercial, but I didn't know what who he was. Yeah, that was Agent Smith. And so it was, I appreciated it, like, just how expansive this thing was. Yeah. The only thing i ever seen that was real close to this that I, I can really remember clearly was, um, oh, what was it? Independence Day. Yes. Independence Day, they did all kinds of crazy stuff. There was actually a fake news broadcast that came what? out. There was like a, it was like a 15 minute like little mini thing they put out to, as a, just an advertisement and it was like the first contact and everything and I remember I, I tuned into it like halfway through and it freaked me out <laughs> I was like what is happening it was like War of the Worlds for you <laughs> it was <laughs> so, so alright cool so what did we not like about the series all the shiny leather all the shiny leather <laughs> for real guys was that really necessary <laughs> It was just so distracting. Leather's not supposed to be that shiny. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. I know. Back I don't then. care. <laughs> it's it's a thing that should stay back there. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of that either. So it was definitely one of those fashion things that was like when you watch the movie, it's definitely dated because oh, of the yeah. fashion. Now they explain away some of it. They did, a, and I feel like that was a, was genius on their part. Uh, to be fair. In the first movie, they explained that the Matrix was built around the pinnacle of of our society's technological age. Before at the we time. just at the time before we had gotten away from things, yeah. So it permanently set the world in 1999, <laughs> early 2000s, so that you can come into the movie going, "Wow, this technology is old." Oh, the Matrix takes place in this time frame. That's why the technology yeah. is always going to be old, and so it doesn't. Well, it's not wrong. And we had kind of gotten into that even with the others because all of the internet is through telephone lines mm-hmm. so it took a minute for me to realize what was happening because i'm like what is why do they keep answering operator and then i'm like oh it's a telephone line okay got it because mm-hmm. you know we don't necessarily have to hook up and listen to the fun <laughs> every time <laughs> exactly you're gonna have fun editing that sound i'm probably will so <laughs> <laughs> So, as far as things I didn't like about the series, there are a couple scenes here and there that just could have been done without. Yeah. The, and there's you have your major complaints that are pretty common. Yeah. Like, the first one was so encompassing, and there was a lot of great stuff. And then you get to the second movie, and there's a lot of exposition that just doesn't make sense. And it's like, it's doubling back on itself over and over again, and it just... And it, it, like the first movie was like, hey, there's reason. There's a point. We're fighting. And the second movie was like, there's no point to life at all. Yeah. It's all circular. And, and it was just, it. 
I didn't like that aspect of it. Um, the guys over at, I think it's Screen Rant. I have to look it up later, and I apologize for not having it right. I know that they uh, they do a show on uh, on film theory, and um, it comes out like once a month, and they're trying to figure out what is the greatest movie of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. we've watched that one yeah, where yeah. it's like they're, they're fighting, and they're like, double paw right. positive. I didn't realize that was... But they had done The Matrix, and they talked about just the depth of it and I feel like it was Screen Rant it might have been another one um, where they talked about the philosophy behind the Matrix yeah it was oh, man I'm so sorry I'm going to try to put find it out later I'll put it back in the show uh, do a cut in here it's the question that drives us okay guys we're breaking in I made some monumental mistakes in everything I just said about uh, who gave the philosophy behind the matrix and um, the original thing I said was film theory it's actually called film theorists and the people who worked with them wasn't screen rant it was actually wisecrack and you can check out that episode it's called the matrix reloaded what went wrong wisecrack edition and it's a really great uh, video it gives all kinds of information about the philosophy that should have been in there that wasn't in there and how it all just went to crap so check that out it's called wisecrack is the name of the channel and the video again is called the matrix reloaded what went wrong wisecrack edition the answer is out there neo so we're back from our cut in you guys just heard the where um all that stuff was about the philosophy of the matrix but it talked about how it really got wonky and weird so that's the thing so I, I didn't like that how it would start off really good with the philosophy and this thought and continuity and then just kind of took a well, nosedive and i kind of wonder having watched almost all of it mm -hmm. minus a couple episodes of the animatrix mm -hmm. if they did that on purpose if they purposefully made the first movie super pointed super you know we're doing this and then the second one kind of made it lost because if you think about it, we view that as humans. Mm -hmm. We're like, we have a purpose. Oh, look, there's McDonald's. And <laughs> you get distracted and things go wonky. And <laughs> maybe maybe not McDonald's. That was just the first thing that popped into my head. I'm going to make a t-shirt for Geek Devotions. Guys, it's coming out. <laughs> I'm going to make it. It's going to be on Spread Tea here in two weeks. And it's going to be, we have a purpose. Oh, look, McDonald's. It's probably going to say something other than McDonald's. It's probably going to say, oh, food. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's something because we don't want to get sued but that's no. this is this is happening this is coming out maybe not two weeks but give us some time, guys. um so but it's and then the third movie i feel like really came back to the purpose because it was it's almost like we were watching what were we watching yesterday we're, we were watching something that was talking about paradoxes mm -hmm. And I wasn't paying that great of attention to it. Right. But it was, we were watching it and it was talking about how if you go back in time and save your grandfather from something, then, but then you get killed. That means that you were never born because you were killed. So in the future, you're never born. And then it's just, it's this never ending loop. So mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of had to have the, mm -hmm. we don't know what we're doing in order to get to the breaking of the paradox. Right. Possibly. I don't know. I know that just ticked off a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> all right. So, all that being said, let's get to our final point, which is the influence of the Matrix in the world and in cinema as a whole. Um, I can tell you, as someone who went through it, um, it had a huge influence in cinema as far as 
you had things all of a sudden like bullet time where yeah. things were slow. I mean, even like you had um, well, Tony Hawk games came out afterwards and like there was bullet time code that you could play where you're like, you're uh, you're in slow motion while you're skating. And the, my friends and I, we'd get dumb with it. Uh, we would, I mean, we would get really, really dumb with it. And uh, we sit there and we do an ollie and he'd float up in the air and we're at the pinnacle of the ollie, we do another one. And another one, and another one, and another one, and another one, until like we're like fifty feet in the air, and then we turn off, and our character comes crashing to the ground and breaks his board and legs, and then gets back up because respawn. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's Tony Hawk. Yeah. Um. Just the I had to think about that for a minute. Just the scene where Neo was punching Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm going. We just saw that in Defenders. Yeah. Like it's things that, and I don't remember seeing it in movies before that time frame. Mm-hmm. That type of where it's like literally the whole face is moving. Like right. they were paying such attention to detail. There were marks where his fingers had been, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so you definitely see its influences as far as graphically. Yes. Um, as far as um, everything else, the storyline basis, I feel like we see this on a regular basis almost, where oh. it's the whole, you know, reality's not real and there's something else. But at the same time, that's kind of an old thought. I was about to say, that's, that's, uh, that's been around for a while. I want to say, and I could be wrong with this, but I feel like we just talked about this when we talked about Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. That um, iRobot mm-hmm. actually, not the movie, but the book, was the start of this type of thing. That I feel like he was the guy who wrote that mm-hmm. was the one who started it. I could be yeah. wrong. I don't, but I thought that that was the conclusion we came to. Yeah, that's part of it. And for those of you wondering, the discussion on Blade Runner, you can find it on Retro Rewind Podcasts. Um, you are face. Oh, can he talk? Retro Rewind Podcasts uh, website. You just go to retrorewindpodcast.com. It's also on all your favorite podcast catchers, and just look for Blade Runner. It's on there. Unintentional. I ran out of breath. <sighs> All right. So, what are, what other influences list do you think were in it? Um, I definitely. I'm not sure if I'm not sure how this went because I, again, I didn't see the movie until rec- all the movies until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've watched the first one maybe four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and then we just now got into the other the rest of them. Right. But I feel like. That either it influenced fashion or fashion influenced it because right around the time that it came out, the trench coats and the 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 dark clothing, mm-hmm. the slick back hair, all became very mainstream. I think it influenced the mainstream, but that was a subcultural concept yeah. right there. Well, and it may have just pulled the subculture into mm-hmm. the mainstream. Oh yeah, because like I was not subculture at all. I was I was in the sticks, but. <laughs> Um, so the only exposure I had to something like that would have been mainstream. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like that all came out and then I got introduced to Hot Topic and things were beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, this is not a plug for Hot Topic, we promise. Right. We're not sponsored by anybody right now, but if you would like to sponsor Calm Talk, give us a shout. Please do. <laughs> so, but it's like, it kind of opened up this oh and some of it was oh and some of it was oh okay yeah like i mean there's definitely some aspects of that fashion that's like oh no <laughs> no. no absolutely 
So, all right, well, guys, those are our thoughts on the Matrix series. I want to encourage you guys to check it out. Maybe you have some thoughts on it. Maybe there's something about it that um, you really liked or some stuff that you didn't like. Or maybe you had some thoughts on the influence of the Matrix in the world and in cinema. Hit us up on social media. Uh, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all those sites. Uh, leave some comments. Let us know your thoughts. And don't forget to leave a review uh, on our channel, I mean on our our podcast on iTunes and hit the subscribe button and uh, be part of all this stuff because you know we love talking to you guys, we love sharing some of the, the stuff that we see uh, in the geek culture world and in the past even and sharing it with you. So I think that's all we have for today, Celeste. You got anything? Nope, I'm good. Until next Sunday, stay devoted. Peace and love, guys.